da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. So we're back for the second time this year, talking Disney and uh, animation for the fifth time this year. It feels like <laughs> uh, I feel like I've seen a lot of animated movies this year. Speak for me, maybe only, but I feel like it's an animation-heavy year and animation-heavy conversation on the show, and Disney, for that matter, has been very active. And will remain active throughout the remainder of the year. <laughs> but uh, we got a lot to talk about on that front tonight. And a lot to talk about with Disney's Moana, which was by far, hands down, the number one movie of the weekend this past weekend. Yeah. And uh, I am Kent Garrison here, joined by Brian Gill and Richard Barden, as always. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey. Howdy. Howdy. And we are also joined by. Friend of the show, Ariel. Hey, man. What's up, guys? Good to have you again. What's up, listeners? Yeah, I'm glad to be on. How's your uh, podcast going? It's good. We just had a... uh, Geek 101 podcast, I believe that is. That is correct, sir. So, Ariel from the Geek 101 podcast, joining us again, back by popular demand. And uh, ready to talk some Moana. Lots to talk about. I don't know your thoughts on Disney whatsoever or... Movies in general, to be honest. I completely forgot them, and I don't actually know <laughs> who you are. Just kidding. No, um, it's good to have you back, and there's a lot to talk about on that front, and movie news-wise. Uh, we can start off. Uh, the countdown still continues, guys. How many days, Brian? Are we now till Rogue uh, One? What's the day, then? 29? No, you have to have this memorized. Well, you, you have a little calendar every morning. You wake up and you, like, you have an advent calendar, yeah, with a little figure. <laughs> oh, it's Stormtrooper today. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like seventeen days, sixteen days, something like that. Your dog would definitely eat that calendar. Oh my god, yeah. Anybody want a beagle? Hit me up on Twitter <laughs> and arrange something. That's well, funny. I know a guy. I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, we can have him taken care of, Brian, if you need it. If you Wait. know what I mean. Uh, Say louder. (laughs) So we, I speak for us on the show, Ariel. I don't know about you, but Brian, thanks to Brian, we've secured our tickets to Rogue Run, which was quite the uh, fiasco, if I understand correctly. Yeah, it was fun times. Lots of uh, lots of yelling at my computer and unnecessary anger and swearing. So a lot of of service charges. (laughs) Yeah. Good gracious. Yeah. I am I'm kind of done with that whole thing. Um but are we seeing it in IMAX? We are. Again? Okay. We are. Yeah. So yeah, I'm doing the same thing I did last year. Going Force or excuse me, I'm going Rogue One at like 7, I think, with with some friends and then I'm I'm heading over to y'all's neck of the woods to uh to see IMAX with you fellas. So Like you do. I'm excited. Like I do, you know. Ariel, are you uh excited about it at all or you have your ticket? Um, I actually, uh, am a friend with the guys over at the local movie theater, so I'll probably get to watch oh, it look at this that night or the day before. Um, but I will make the, uh, our usual family IMAX trip maybe a week later. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll have it watch, I'll, you know, pulling a Brian, I'll watch it twice, maybe three times in a couple of weeks. Yeah. 
So. Yeah. Like what about do. four times in 24 hours? Is that, yeah, <laughs> that, is that not normal? Okay. Well, I only did that for uh, Pacific. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I did too, Ariel. You're not alone. Brian That's the did. Hill I die on. Brian... I did it on Aloha, so I get it. Totally get it. <laughs> Brian did it for Force. Was it Force Awakens? You did see yeah, it four I'm... times the four the first I weekend, did. I think. I'm doing. I'm doing it again for, for Rogue One. So it's pretty. Because uh, pre- I'm pretty cool. I don't know if you guys. Uh, <laughs> you got a lot going on. So pretty awesome guy. <laughs> Let, let's just say Brian really fits in on our podcast. The geek <laughs> one podcast. Right. Exactly. It's named after Brian, actually. Um, here we go. Um, so Rogue One, news-wise, is no sequel happening officially. Oh, so no kind of follow-up to with these same characters, I guess. Because that's called A New Hope, and it came out 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I think we kind of know what's going to happen, guys. <laughs> we know we know where Darth Vader's going to go from here. I think, we can, I, think yeah. we're, I think we're okay. No, I think he dies at the end of this one. Pretty sure if I have the time, going to re- yeah. rewrite the canon. Yeah, if you have the time, <laughs> really right. everybody. I understand. Brian would. Oh man, it'd be great if <laughs> I'd be so. Just excited imagine the core was really George good. Would have. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's not love. what happened. He just dies. <laughs> Anakin, does, Anakin doesn't die until episode number six. <laughs> I don't. I don't. It's not. It's not how it. That's yeah, not what happens though. Yeah, oh. I would love I love that to happen, but um, I guess it's kind of a bummer, maybe because if we like these characters a lot, you know, the Felicity Joneses and the uh, um, the kind of magnificent seven that they've assembled of characters, that um, we're not going to see them on screen again. I guess that will might be disappointing in some way, but story wise, I don't think there's anything left to explore. But um, this is this kind of proves what they're going for here is just kind of this one off. One story, one time in space that this happened, and here it is, you know, and it's kind of, it exists in Star Wars, the realm, but it's not mm-hmm. really a part of anything that we're doing, to be honest. And uh, that's cool. That's kind of like they're yeah. releasing kind of indie movies, you know, on the side kind of a thing. And because mm-hmm. they can. And that's, that's kind of, I wish Marvel would do that. I mean, they kind of are, yes. but, but they've, they've planned on and they are intertwining Ant-Man and Doctor Strange and Guardians and all that and Avengers mm-hmm. they're going mm-hmm. to do that I wish Marvel was just caught, would just more like yeah no these are kind of just side these are fun things and we're going to do them and they're not necessarily going to cross over but um, yeah. they're fun anyway so that's yeah. fine I kind of like it that way I do too I think Marvel thinks they're doing that with their TV brand as much as anything it's like they get that out of their system there yeah, they but tried they love... tried desperately they... to, to cross shield yeah, they... over with the movies right Desperately those to kind not of a good exist in their own. They, they're like offshoots. They're not yeah. necessarily, you know, like a massive part of what's happening. I would love for Guardians of the Galaxy to just be its own thing and not have to get wrapped up in the Avengers and stuff. Yeah. But you know, they've got a plan. So. I would say the Netflix series are the closest thing to that what Marvel is doing to yeah. independent stuff because those really aren't crossing over. Like the the ABC show does in a way with Coulson, and they were going to do Inhumans for a while. I think they've scrapped that project actually on the on the movie side. Um but yeah, the, the, Marvel, the the Daredevil and uh in that and Luke Cage, I guess, and Jessica Jones at this point haven't crossed over with any of that any of the uh Marvel movies at this point or the uh, MCU, mm-hmm. if you will. So mm-hmm. We'll have to see there, but any thoughts Ariel on Rogue One at this point? Are you how much are you anticipating it more than more or less than Force Awakens? 
I actually kind of made a bold claim, I think on the podcast, if not, then with my friends, that that Rogue One actually critically, <clears throat> in terms of like film critics, uh, would, would actually be received better. And, and, and maybe I would even perceive it as a better film uh, than The Force Awakens. It's, I think, um, what's his name? Gareth Edmonds, Evans is a, is a really good director. I think the cast they've assembled is really good. And, and I, I think this can be an excellent film. I mean, it, it won't make the money. Uh, that's 100% clear. Yeah, but it really has a chance to to be a better movie in and of itself. Yeah, I I can see that for sure. I can see me liking it more. Um, right. I, I don't know if I can see a mass audience liking it more than Force Awakens, just because of the nostalgia factor was so in your face with, with the Harrison Ford and oh my gosh, it's Luke and everything. It's just so overwhelming, you know. You just can't help mm-hmm. but like get um, get excited about it. But this, I can see, like, from a, yeah, like you said, a filmmaking standpoint, I can see this being, like, us just totally geeking out over this afterwards, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. About the, yeah. This, the technique used and the perspective and everything, and I'm excited about what that has to offer um, at this point in time. But, again, I guess we'll check in weekly at this point for the weekly <laughs> Rogue One update until... We're, yeah, we're planning Brian, on doing I- something special. I think we're, we're all going to see it together. And we're going to do a podcast right afterward again, like we did for The Force Awakens. So expect that. Yeah, expect I booked that. my flight to Dallas. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> come on you're down. Welcome to come on down. But expect that uh, in your podcast feed the morning of the 16th, I guess it would be, um, for the listener. So, cool. Any other movie news you guys have on your mind? I've got some other stuff written down here. I didn't know if there was anything prevalent um, that you want to get out right here at the top. Not uh, me, I, man. Go I got for something. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just kind Look of at you. Part... Just take the game. Just don't let <laughs> That's it come what I to you. Just I'm, going I with it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, you know, I, you know, I have my own podcast to record it today. I've got a bunch of stuff, but I think the one just tying back to your Inhumans talk, they, they have, they're, they're making it a, um, a TV series. So they're, they're making oh. their own separate TV series for Inhumans. Yeah. Okay. Um, my hope is that. They they kind of take all the all that nonsense away from Agents of Shield, and they make that more of a spy espionage. You know, you bring in some superhumans every now and then, and keep more of the inhuman stuff that I feel has bogged down the show uh, into um, its own separate separate show. Are I mean I speak for myself here, but are are we done with Agents of Shield, guys? Are, can can we be done with it? I I I don't know. I just it doesn't feel like it fits in this Marvel MCU anymore. You know what I mean? I feel like we've evolved away right, from, yeah. from it. I yeah, feel like I it mean, felt so well with Avengers 1, but like, aren't we past that? Aren't we at the Daredevil point now, you know, in terms of what we want in our Marvel movies? I don't know. It just hasn't, see, I, it hasn't really evolved to the way I thought it would at this point. I, I think it hasn't gone the way that the Disney Marvel thought it was going to go, but it, I still think it's a, I think it's a useful show. Like, I think there's really interesting stuff you could do with it, but I think more to Ariel's point, it just needs to kind of rein it in a little bit and and go in a slightly more focused direction. And and the, the more they can get, I think the more they can get away from the Inhuman stuff, the the better. Because the characters yeah, are still fun, and the show itself, I think it has a place. I just don't think it has as big of a place, I guess, as what they maybe originally intended for it. Yeah, I can see that too. Uh, so, is it going to be a Netflix exclusive show, or have they? Announced any of those details at this point? It's ABC. No, it's a, yeah, it's another ABC. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Hmm. It makes me nervous. 
I don't know no why Vin it does. Diesel cars. I mean, you know, yeah, Diesel was attached to the original, right? So that leaves Diesel glorious. open for a spot in the MCU, or I mean, is he just going to voice Groot and that's it? Like, surely that's kind of a wasted opportunity if that's all Diesel does, and he's like the one of the biggest, it maybe top five action stars in the world at this point. Mm-hmm. And he's How about what if we, the what new if we get him America? in, uh, or, or Shazam? He's he plays Shazam opposite The Rock. Okay. <laughs> I oh wow, that'd be a little <laughs> overload. That'd be Zack Snyder kind of. Well, it's DC. There you go. Yeah, that would be a little Zack Snyder. That Zack Snyder would have to direct that. Like it would be actually required, I think. Yeah. But if there's anyone that can fix DC, though, it's Ben Diesel. I mean, I feel pretty confident in that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We've liked almost every actor that's kind of gone into DC, I feel like, at one point in time. Um, man, what a dumpster fire it is over there. I just want to reiterate. We're, every, we're kinda... every piece of news that comes out, seriously, every piece of news, I'm like, oh, no. Every single time. It is such <laughs> such yeah. a beating. Gosh. It's almost overwhelming. It's It's like you can't even read into it anymore because it's just so frustrating it would it would consume the whole show if we talked about everything that was going on over there you know my kid my kid has started watching this justice league series on netflix that's like i don't know 12 or 15 years old and i I don't know anything about it other than it's on netflix and it's uh you know pretty pretty typical justice league members and it is so much better than anything that DC has put out in the <laughs> Warner Brothers era. Yeah. And it's it's unbelievable to me. It's just, I can't, like, how do they get this random, not that great cartoon so much better than they did their $400 million movies? I but, just, how jacked, but how jacked are the cartoons? Oh, he looked, dude, Superman is so weak. It's like, oh, you, gosh. I'm even watch it. 500? I mean, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, what is he plot? Yeah. It actually makes me sick to to look at him, to be honest with you. You can't see, you can only see like 80% of his muscles rippling through his. No his way, interest. really? It's absurd. You, you let yeah. your kid watch that? I know. I'm just I like, but I just, I just ran the whole time. Like, look at this weakling. Look at this. And just, you know, make Cooper do curls while he watches it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ariel, we never got your thoughts on the Power Rangers trailer whole thing. Like what? What are your thoughts on uh, what's going on over there? With that uh, uh, it's just something that doesn't need to be made. Uh, and the trailer <laughs> kind of reflects that. Like, <laughs> and now they're trying to make it like Chronicle. Like, yeah, let's let's link mm-hmm. more things to uh, Max Landis and uh, Josh Trank, please. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, I, I liked the property when I was five, six years old. Um, Pacific Rim came out, so this is irrelevant. I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. Seriously, we have our Megazords now, guys. We're yeah, good. Called Gypsy Danger. Yeah. Leave it alone. Exactly. So, I don't. That's another one that's like uh, kind of on the DC side of things. It's just like, oh gosh, dumpster fire. It's like, wait, it's almost like, um, you know, it's it's like uh, Ninja Turtles uh, after the first uh, 2014 mm-hmm. reboot. It's like, you know, this isn't going to last. So, why are you even trying? to make it something more than it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I just can't see Power Rangers 3 ever being a thing. At the, You know what I mean? And if that's not even in your mind when you're making the first one, then I don't know what you're doing. But another story what? for another you day. Don't, you don't like movies that cross the Breakfast Club <laughs> with Fantastic Four? Like, 
That's uh, all I've ever wanted in right. a terrible movie. <laughs> all it's missing is the cup and uh, yes. Miles Teller. I can't believe Miles Teller is not in that movie, man. Oh, <laughs> what a missed opportunity. I mean, he got jacked enough if you see him in that boxing movie. He fits right in. Did that come out yet? That came out, Who cares? didn't it? Yeah, it did. It's out right now. Yeah. Oh, we can, gosh. We can go see it tonight if we want to. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, yeah. podcast over. <laughs> yeah. I got to go see there. it. The cup is pretty incredible, though, as his trainer. It's like his, the Mickey role. I mean, those two, they've built chemistry over the years, you know. And he yeah. doubles. He play, He also plays a spittoon. Like when he spits oh, his mouth guard out and stuff. Like he's, I mean, the range of the cup is so versatile. Gosh. He really is. It's. About time so versatile. <laughs> so versatile. Um, the only other things we had for movie news on this front, uh, as far as stuff relating to this goes, is um, Deadpool 2 on the Marvel side, or kind of Marvel-ish, comic book movie-ish, has a director now. Marvel Jace. They had a disagreement about what Deadpool 2 should be, apparently. Um, and so the director left, and now we have a new director. And it's David Leach who did John Wick. Lots of fans. Which of John you guys Wick hated. Yeah. I, I like I like I John Wick was fine. It was not like we need to dedicate our lives to this movie. Like uh <laughs> seems like people have since then. I I mean it was fine. It was fine. It was I don't... Uh, it was um the accountant or the equalizer. It was like a fine action <laughs> thriller. <laughs> I don't, know. Uh, I don't remember what our grades were for that movie, but I just remember thinking like, oh, so, you know, this is pretty solid. It's like a B, B plus kind of. I mean, it is exactly what it wants to be. And I felt like I felt like I had to defend John Wick for some reason. Like I had to fight with you guys about John Wick. And I didn't expect that going in. I no, think it, it was, was like, it, taken it, aback by you guys just like, Ugh, I don't know. But I was like, oh, oh well, uh, <laughs> it was, I mean. I had seen stuff like like the the raid and things like that, you know, like that are trying to doing that kind of same style of mm-hmm. action, just done way better. And I just that year, maybe we saw the drop and other movies like that that kind of have similar storylines, and I was just kind of over that whole deal. And I don't know, maybe it was just yep. bad circumstances. But yeah. his John dog Wick died. Is coming out. They killed his dog. I know. Like I remember. That's a spoiler. <laughs> that's that's where I was out. Even if he gets revenge, there's never revenge. <laughs> it's true. You can never Straight top to that. The yeah. So uh, that's all I had for movie news tonight. Um, I think we should kind of dedicate some more time to Moana if we can. Because um, I don't think any anything else on this movie news sheet relates to the Moana crowd. So I don't want to leave those people hanging here. But a lot of stuff happening in Disney in terms of Star Wars and Marvel. They're just kind of spinning off this whole franchise into another franchise. Into a fr- I mean, I, I was talking with a friend earlier this week about um, Disney and Moana. And she, she said, yeah, it's just another one that's going to have multiple sequels. And just, they just keep hitting, you know, striking gold with these films. Mm-hmm. And they're, you're, they're universes within themselves rather than just lucrative films, like one-off kind of things. Um, and you speak for us, Brian, maybe it uh, can fill us in on what's happening in Disney world right now, <laughs> as far as like <laughs> these universes growing out there. Do you know what I mean? Like, is the star Wars stuff expanding out there? Yeah. What, more have, you, than what it have you is? seen? Like, what have you seen on your live stream? 
<laughs> my 24 24 7 live stream the grounds yeah, I just have to have a second computer wherever I go. To make sure. It's like an iPad. Just you just it carry it around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't touch that. I. That's the Disney iPad. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Yeah. Uh, they are at Disney World. They've got uh, Toy Story and, or excuse me, Pixar and Star Wars are are taking over. So that's yeah. That's the the entire basically the entirety of Hollywood Studios down there will be uh, Pixar slash Star Wars in like two years I think. Are so they getting rid of the Tower of Terror and making it a Guardians of the Galaxy ride? I heard that they're doing that at Disneyland, at Disney World. It's going to stay at least for now. Stay in the Tower of they're Terror. Gonna, yeah, they're going to do a Guardians ride at um at Epcot at Disney World. What about so. the Aerosmith coaster? Hopefully that doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> Still there. <laughs> Still there. It's so cool how you can go in the studio with Harrowsmith. I mean, yeah. like they can bring that. The fact that they can bring that I to every know. crowd. I don't know what this is, but I'm suddenly peaked on Disney. This might be the thing <laughs> that gets me in. You don't know what that is? No, I've never Rock, been. You've never rock and been? roller coaster, bro. Yeah. <gasps> it starts never... with a. Uh, you, you're in like a, basically like a like a, a record company record label, excuse me, and you, you head into the studio and you're supposed to just talk to Aerosmith, but guess what? Um, they have a gig that they've got to get to. But, uh, <laughs> How do they, they know the whole story? <laughs> dude, but they, it's your lucky day, Richard, because they are going to offer you a ride in a super fancy stretch limousine to get to the concert. Oh, backstage, and, uh, have yeah. backstage passes. Yeah, backstage. And guess what? That stretch limousine is the roller coaster. So, so, I used to play a and, game on my PlayStation when I was a kid called Revolution X. You had to, you had, you had to rescue Aerosmith from terrorists. <laughs> fall down. Real video but game. All, all the terrorists were scarps. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, they're all trying to. That's why they uh, kidnapped Steven Tyler. Yeah, yeah, he's made of them. He's an unlimited <laughs> scarf fairy. That's why Johnny Depp hangs out with him. That's why Johnny Depp in that band with. Uh, Joe Perry or whatever his name is, the guitarist, because he thinks he can might be able to get some scarves. You know, some hand-me-down scarves. Yeah. You should never know <laughs> when a scarf's going to fall your way. Like I always say... Johnny Depp has that, that tattooed on him, I think. Whenever they make the biopic of Steven Tyler's microphone, Johnny Depp is going to kill that part. <laughs> they are. Yes. <laughs> He's number one in line for it. That's... that. Yeah. But I'm get this. That. I'm booking a ticket right now to ride that ride. So not only, Richard, do you get to be in the studio with Aerosmith, but you get to listen to Aerosmith's music the entire yeah. ride. What what a treat, man. What a treat. I'm the one that dated you. <laughs> no, it's just, Keep going. it's just I don't want to miss a thing as you're riding a roller coaster. It's kind of weird and jarring, but it's their biggest hit, so got to get them checks. All right. All right, enough of that. Enough Disney World talk. Brian, actually, I want to ask you this seriously. Are there Disney World podcasts out there? Oh, so that are dedicated many. to Disney World, the park. So just, many. Just talk dude. about Disney like, World. There's a whole industry for that stuff. Yeah. Oh, good grief. We are missing yep. out on the cash money millionaires. <laughs> you know? Who listens besides you and Danger? Oh, uh, just us. We get together and <laughs> cool. cool Can you get a season that. pass to Disney World? Do they allow that? You can. You can? How much is it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Off the top of my head. I mean, you can't adjust the first place. I know that it has to, because we have checked this, because we're, again, very cool people. 
you have to go, you'd have to go like 10 days to make it worthwhile, basically. So if you're going to go to the park for 10 days in a year, then it's sort of, it might be worth it. Yeah. So like two trips. So next year we're buying season passes. What I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. You were there, you were there 10 days this month. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm there right now. Strangely <laughs> enough. Awesome. I like the picture. Like they're waiting. They get there. The Gill family gets there. Like as the gates are opening, a big crowd of people, and they let her, oh, welcome to Disney. And Brian just sprints in, totally abandoning Cooper in his life <laughs> with a huge grin on his face. Yep, got to get to rock and roller coaster first. Let's go. I want to go on rock and roller coaster really bad. It's so. a blast. Fun fact: last time we were there, I don't know if it's a fun fact, but a fact. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'll be the judge in the, the in the video, uh, which is like I don't know. Probably, probably twenty years old now or close to it. You guys know who Ken Marino is? Yeah. The guy from he's the in, he's in this video. He's like the sound tech guy in the in the studio. So he's oh. just like sitting there in front of the whole Aerosmith crew, and so that was an an interesting discovery. They last can time I was there. that, you know. Like they should. They should give him a bigger role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's big. He got he had that show on uh, on Showtime, the catering show with Adam Scott. Yeah, party down. Party down. Exactly. They should give that a theme park ride. With Jane Lynch as well. <laughs> yeah. And Martin Starr. Yeah. And uh, Lizzie Kaplan. Good show. Yeah, it was a good show. The coke Reco- was so good back then. Side recommend. <laughs> party down. Yeah. Okay. So that's all the Disney World talk for today. I'm sure it'll be <laughs> back next week. But if not, check out... According to Brian, many Disney World podcasts out there that can fill your needs. Let's take a break, guys, and let's talk uh, Moana then. Okay. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter. Dot com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad 
That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right. Like I mentioned off the top of the show, second time we've talked Disney this year, and the second film that they've released in 2016 wide, the first of which was Zootopia, which we reviewed uh, in the first couple months of the year, in which I guess we all kind of gloated about at the time. We loved uh, mm-hmm. Zootopia. I was, I was convinced that that was the best Disney movie I'd seen up to that point uh, when I saw it, and I absolutely think it's worthy of the praise and money that it's earned so far. And um, but Disney's still at it. This is kind of their tentpole film of the year. It seems like more than Zootopia was is Moana. Uh, I feel like they pushed the advertising a lot harder. This is a lot wider of an audience. I feel like, uh, believe it or not, considering um, Zootopia is more adult than Moana, oddly, even though it's about talking sure. animals. Um, <laughs> this one is uh, the the uh, I I would say Zootopia is going for the Lego Movie crowd. This is going for the um, the Frozen crowd. Sure, if that makes yeah, sense. That's that that's how mm-hmm. I would kind of um, compare the two. But having said that. Uh, this feels more like a Disney movie than uh, Zootopia did. Maybe that's why yeah, I like absolutely. Zootopia so much, is because it was it felt so uh, detached from all the real, from all other things and everything else that they have going on right now. But uh, having said that, I freaking love this movie. Um, this is such a great combination of every Disney movie. You know, uh, it's got a little bit of this and that from everything that I loved growing up. Um, uh, I think I said it in Zootopia. If not, I should have. I mean, the animation nowadays is just getting... It's getting off the charts, like, um, ridiculously good. Uh, I, I just can't reiterate how much... How how many steps that they've taken just in the, since we've been doing this show um, and the movies that we've been having to go see over the past couple of years. Um, compare this to something like Monsters U, you know? It's just night mm-hmm. and day um, when you think about... Um, the experience in the world that they gave you through animation is just is just crazy. But I mean, this is the most polished animation I maybe have ever seen. Um, I didn't see this in 3D. I wish I would have, to be honest. Um, I did the, the time just didn't line up for me. But um, this is just absolutely breathtaking on almost every level, animation wise. Um, the landscapes, the characters, the um, the production design the actual story itself and the way that they work the environment into the story and everything. It's just, yeah. it works flawless on every level. I mean, it really is like, um, it's a masterpiece as far as from an animation perspective alone. And then from a story perspective and the music and the characters, I think this is an A plus for Disney. It's another home run. It it fits right along with Little Mermaid and Aladdin and uh, Mulan and, uh, you know, Beauty and the Beast and the ones that we all grew up loving. Uh, fits in the same sentence as those and right along with it. And uh, I think this is, like I said, a, a grand slam home run dunk for Disney. Another one this year. And I mean, Touchdown. I've said it before. It's good to see something go right for Disney for a change. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they really deserve to really, break. Yeah. They, they need something. They need, they need some money to fall in their laps um, every now and then. But I mean, I can't give enough credit. Well, I mean, I, I would love to have, 
come in and be like, meh, average Disney, need to step it up, you know, this is just okay. But this was breathtaking, and I, I love this, and I'm excited to talk about it. Lots to talk about it, lots of Easter eggs, lots of cool stuff, so I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Uh, Brian, you got the kid, and I'm sure you took Coop, so what I did, did you think? yeah. Yeah, this is such a good movie. Zootopia is an excellent film, and I think technically um, is a, is really impressive, but you're totally right. Like, this feels like a Disney movie in every sense of the word. Um, that's a... I, look, I loved that the, the themes were great. The animation is so... Is, it's just, it's beautiful. The landscape is beautiful. The character design is beautiful. Everything about it looks so great. Um, you can't go wrong with the music. Uh, the setting is a, is look, they, I love one of the, what I like about these, this type of movie is that you can take a theme. Um, they've done this similar sort of theme in the past, but you're doing it in a slightly different setting and you bring uh, new characters to the table and, and just kind of a, a different, um, I guess like an overall environment. And, uh, and, and boy, it, it, it worked for me on, on pretty much every level. This is a, this is one of the best movies I've, I've seen this year. So, uh, I'm excited to, to delve into it further. Uh, but you, you can't, for me, there's like, it's, it's going to be very hard to find anything to complain about with this one. Yeah. Uh, guest Ariel. <sighs> uh, I'm, uh, cracking my knuckles, cracking my back guys. I am just, I'm just over the moon with this movie. I, oh, cool. I love I loved Moana so much. Uh, it's it's definitely, if it's not my favorite movie of the year, and I mean that might go to Civil War, but this is this is right up there with it. Um, I'm a big big Disney fan. I mean, music is such a big part of my life, and and I think this this has the best music we've seen since what The Lion King in like '93, mm-hmm. um, Aladdin or '92 or something like that. This this music is is unparalleled. I mean, you look at Frozen, you look at Tangled. This I think this blows it out of the water uh, in terms of music. Like you mm-hmm. said, Kent, the animation is breathtaking. Uh, like the, the little Mad Mask-esque scene we got. Mad, um, oh, gosh. I mean, <laughs> that might be... Oh, man, that was unbelievable sequence. Like, I was yeah. I was floored at how incredible that was done. I mean... Right, the, the complexity behind it. Yeah. Um, I'll talk more about that later, about some of the comparisons to make there. But, yeah. Uh, it's um uh, that's just one of the many scenes though yeah, absolutely um it, it was it was really great and 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 one of the reasons why i wanted to come on um with you guys is one we're not reviewing this on geek 101 because mike's not going to watch it and i couldn't get somebody to come on with me uh i wanted to talk about how great it is to to have a, a major disney film that that had people who looked and sounded and had a, a cultural history uh, like yeah. mine. I, you know, yeah. I, I'm I'm Filipino mm-hmm. American, and and my my family's filled with like, you know, teenage brown girls who who see this film, and they see a girl with hair like like theirs and a nose like theirs and a voice like theirs, and mm-hmm. and I'm looking back at at you know, my culture and how we were we were island hopping, you know, island faring people, and and while technically you know this is like more like Samoa and and Hawaii, like this is still this still relates to me more than than any any film i've seen in american cinema uh if, if that makes yeah. sense kind of like culturally like you I, you guys wouldn't really understand um and most people won't understand because filipino americans pacific islanders and a lot of asian people right outside of like straight up chinese or japanese we don't get these films we don't even yeah. get 
major films from our country. Like, like there are some Chinese films that come out that everybody watches, right? Or some Korean film that ends up being a hit or a Japanese anime that everybody loves. But who, who knows what, what, what the Philippines has to offer, right? And we, we don't right. get that. So to see yeah. a movie that, that I looked at my cousins and I saw them, I saw their eyes gleaming and I saw how much they loved it and, and how, like I'm listening to, to, to them sing in pigeon or, or whatever language they're speaking. Like, you know, I have, my language sounds like that. And I, I was born mm-hmm. in America, but my family's language sounds like that. My family looks like that. If I decided to go to the gym every day, I would look like Maui. I wouldn't look, you know, I wouldn't look like Hercules from that. I wouldn't look like Aladdin. I'd look like Maui. That's how I'd look. So it was really like, from that perspective, it was so much more important to me to see this film than it would be for the average person. And that's really why I wanted to come on. But even if you, you scrap that away, this movie's breathtaking. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, in every aspect, they didn't shortchange anything. I mean, the, the voice acting, the... Like you said, the animation, the music, it's just top notch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like this movie did such a great job of respecting the culture at which it was portraying. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't, uh, it didn't feel like it um, stereotyped any of the, anything of the culture. You know what I mean? But it knew, mm-hmm. it respected it in such a way, to, it was educational. You know, it was such a great blend it wasn't necessarily specifically Hawaiian or anything like that, even though Maui and the character of Maui and the legend of the demigod Maui and everything is a Hawaiian legend and everything. Um, but it, it was such a, it was more generically uh, Samoan or uh, Tongan, you know, more um, Polynesian Polynesian uh, mm-hmm. culture than it was necessarily just Hawaiian or something like Lilo and Stitch was or something like that. Um, right. It, it was in that perspective, it, it felt like it was educating the world on just that whole side of the world, really. Uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. us, it, like you said, Eric, it's just, it's a, you guys get forgotten. You don't get movies made about you, you know, uh, right. and your culture and, and how, um, it, it, um, how impactful it is and, and, um, how respectful it is and how you, you know, in, in tune with nature it is and everything. And I just, from that perspective alone, from a cultural perspective and in terms of like showing me a part of the world that I never get to see. That was awesome about this movie. Like it felt like, um, I hope they do Pixar does something similar with the day of the dead movie that they're doing next year called Coco Coco. Um, and I, I hope they kind of what the book of life, wasn't that Guillermo del Toro kind of thing. It didn't really work. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a day of the dead thing. Dia de los Muertos thing. But I, I hope that they can do something like that. Pixar can like what they did with Moana and just kind of, pay respect and homage to that culture without making it overly stereotypical and offensive. Like, you know, all the humor is based on stereotypes and things like, you know what I mean? Um, I, right. I didn't feel like this mm-hmm. had any of that at all. And and I, and I absolutely loved it. And um, from that, I mean the, the actual tattoos and everything and how they made Ma- it was like Maui's conscience and everything uh, with the tattoos. Yeah. I thought how they, how they blended like, uh, aspects of the culture, you know, traditions of the culture, like into the story, like uh, how, you know, the Polynesian culture, they really do, you know, feel like they're one with the ocean and how important the ocean is and they, they connects the islands and all this, you know, uh, tr- this uh, legend and how they work that into the story so organically was really cool too. You know, you didn't really know what was legend and what was fiction in this, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. that, that was really 
really neat too. They did the research here. It felt like you know, with uh, a lot of these cultures, and they kind of blended them all into one story. You know, all these legends of the uh, formations of these cultures. I guess. Yeah, um, they. From what I understand, the the directors behind this, I think they did Aladdin. I think they did. Princess and the uh, Frog. Little Mermaid for sure. Mm-hmm. Princess and the Frog, right? Uh, they did hire, um, I think it was called the Oceanic Story Trust or something. I uh, was basically, you know, experts in their fields, hoping, you know, trying to make the film more accurate. Um, every single major cast member of the film was of Pacific Island descent, whether it be yeah. New Zealand or Hawaii or Samoa or the Philippines. <laughs> uh, for, for the exception of Alan Tudyk, who played the chicken. Um, <laughs> So that was a fun little piece of information. Uh, some people out there, one of the, the the only real criticism I found of the film uh, was that was the fact that they blended the cultures. Yeah, and and while that is a valid criticism, I think, I mean, like I said, I think the good outweighs the bad. You know, in a sense of that, I you know I could relate to this, and if it was purely Hawaiian, maybe it would have been less for me for that. But um, I think you know you have to look at this like it's Disney making this. They're going to try and get the the common denominator. Yeah. Well, yeah. and look, it's a it's a movie and you you've got an hour and a half. You've got to get something. Right, I mean, right. we we get that all the time of like <laughs> I don't know, like the South. You know, I mean we're yeah. we're based in Dallas and it's basically for for a lot of movies, good and bad movies, Dallas might as well be Birmingham. You know what I mean? Like it's just like it's it's the entire South. So like that's yeah, exactly. So, I mean that's just kind of I don't know. That's kind of the way that you have to perhaps do things like that. The know? Pacific cultures, I guess, is kind of the more mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. generic of how what this is portraying. But again, right. um, it's not fictional at all. Is what's great about it is that they really did do research here, and they wanted to pay respect and show tradition and and history and everything. Uh, it, they didn't just make up a, you know, here's Bob Bob. You know, Bobby Island and freaking the Pacific, and here's these, you know, here's their language. You know, they, they, yeah, Bobby Tsunami, and here's their language, and here's, you know, their princess and all that. You know, it really did kind of, uh, it it thought it, this movie could have done that, you know, and been a huge movie. But this movie, like, actually tries to make, like, uh, um, something worth, I guess, learning about or thinking about or paying respect to. Um, that's what I kind of appreciated about this more is that this movie cares more than it did. It, it cared more about making a good movie than it did about making money. And that's very, very sure. prevalent here. But Richard, haven't heard your thoughts at all on Moana. Did you see it? I did. <laughs> um, so my first thought was, and, and I think it's great all of you guys saying, but there was not nearly enough white people in this um, <laughs> and i have a pretty hard as you guys know pretty hard rule so i'll just kind of abstain from a review no uh no i love this also uh i was pretty hyped for this one i love lin-manuel miranda uh so oh, i was yeah. excited to have some of his songs in here and uh and i was uh love the rock and been pretty hyped for this uh for quite some time i i tend to at least in the last few years I prefer Disney a lot more more than Pixar, uh, quite a bit. So I look, I look forward ever since kind of Wreck It Ralph. Um, mm-hmm. I think they've been on a really, uh, really hot streak. So, so I kind I really love what they're doing. I think this is a beautiful movie uh, for uh, you know a, a just because it's great, b because of 
it's people of color um uh you know as as leads and, and we don't sort of uh gentrify a, a the pacific um and you know it's a strong female awesome character that's not a not a damsel in distress as well like this is this hits on all the the stuff we kind of bitch and moan about in the culture for for justifiable reasons about but disney movies cool. yeah just about yeah. yeah about disney movies or you know movies in general for a long time and uh and something like this comes along and 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 and, and not only uh does it but verifies that it can be done well and yeah. and proves the opposite is untrue uh, i think that's great i think it's an important movie on that front it looks great uh it's a very traditional disney plot in terms of the rhythm of it but but feels fresh and new and and vital and uh and is great and and i, I really can't say enough enough about it uh socially though i think it's i think it's really really important and i think but without being at all pandering or holier than thou um and not right, sacrificing right. any entertainment value for a message letting those two things uh exist simultaneously is is beautiful in a, in a lot of ways yeah absolutely i i agree and and what i kind of liked about it is it kind of it's kind of the anti-Disney movie in a way. I mean, it's a Disney movie, but it just makes fun of Disney movies so much. You know, it tries, it blatantly does some meta stuff in here to say it's not a Disney movie. I think Maui has a line. Um, he calls her a princess and she says, I'm not a princess. And he says, you have a dress and a animal sidekick. You're a princess, you know, <laughs> kind of, uh, yeah. I guess she's because she, they knew she would forever be associated as a Disney princess, whether she was an a prince, actual princess in the story or not, you know, kind of a thing. So that's funny. And um, I mean, this is really a combination of a lot of Disney movies. Um, I've heard uh, this is kind of the reverse Little Mermaid, you know, because Little Mermaid's parents tried to keep her from going into the, you know, the earth. Well, they're trying to keep Moana from going into the sea, so it's kind of a reverse in in terms of that. Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and I I've heard that Maui is kind of re, a reverse Hercules, as far as a demigod yeah. coming down and then or a, and and all that goes. So uh, an interesting fact, as you know, The Rock played Hercules in Brett Ratner's Hercules last year. So. Just another little... The one true Hercules. The one, the <laughs> yeah, only Hercules yeah. movie that can ever be made. <laughs> According to y'all, I, I still haven't seen it. Yeah. Definitely Not the best yeah. Hercules. <laughs> definitely the best Hercules movie of that year. And there were two. <laughs> for, sure, yeah. for sure, though. <laughs> oh, us Luntheads are vitriolically <laughs> angry right now. Legend of Hercules or whatever it was. Or Legend yeah, of Tarzan. I can't remember what it was, but... I don't know. Yeah, they're... Strong Tarzan's, a lot of Herculeses. No, yeah. I haven't seen any of them. Herculi. A lot of Herculi, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Easter eggs, a lot of Easter eggs here. Um, not necessarily Easter egg, but Moana, I guess, means ocean. But in the Hawaiian or the language that they base the movie on. So that explains that. Um, this, the actual part of Taka. And the kind of MacGuffin item that's kind of reminiscent of what you, you can compare it to in other Disney terms, uh, 
a magic lamp or something, kind of the item that gets them through the story. Um, it's reminiscent of the shell necklace from The Little Mermaid. And not only its shape, but uh, also its power. And the, the shell necklace, meaning the one that steals Ariel's voice in The Little Mermaid, that is controlled by the octopus lady, which Ursula. Yeah, I had to fight her before I was able to start my fo- my podcast. Uh, it was <laughs> Ursula's it's terrifying. Pretty, Ursula might be rough. the best movie lie. villain of all time. I'm not even kidding. I I I don't like Ursula. It's like when she gets giant and she's like boats are oh, like so really creepy. small. It's so horrible. Yeah, like they, they when they remake uh or when they do the uh, Little Mermaid live action one, which they're working on right now, literally uh, as <laughs> I as I speak this sentence. Yeah, with Chloe Moretz as Ariel, not making this up. Um, when when that sequence comes up and the the octopus gets huge instead, yeah, I'll be leaving. I, I don't want it. <laughs> don't that, worry, it's it's played for comic relief in the in the live action. <laughs> McCarthy falls down a few times. <laughs> right. I don't know how they're gonna do that movie totally underwater. That's a whole other thing. How do you do a James live Cameron. action movie underwater? They're filming it at SeaWorld. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Now I know. Okay. No. So the actual part of Kakad, both in terms of its shell shape, like the spiral and all that, um, there that shape is very prevalent around the um, the movie too, as well. In terms of the uh, the the sail and uh, several symbolic um, and several symbols throughout the movie, so that's kind of prevalent throughout. Uh, are we sure? Uh, are we sure the heart of the car isn't the the last Infinity Stone and Maui joins the Avengers? And... <laughs> I'm hoping so. <laughs> I, that's how we get the rock into the yes, Marvel. Yes, Tony Stark's just like Moana, Maui, come with me. At the very like Downey Jr. just walks on set. Like, how great would that have been? Like post credit sequence. Oh man, I can't even imagine. Uh, that's funny. Heart of the car, yeah. <laughs> Rocket just Raccoon. comes up, yeah, kills Rocket. Maui. Rocket and Groot just come, yeah, and uh, <laughs> that that would be. I would pay actual money to to make that movie happen if they could do it. Um, so in terms of the uh, Tamatoa, the giant crab, I actually really enjoyed that sequence as well with the Jermaine Clement song <laughs> that was, yeah. and everything. Yeah. And that might be the the funnest song sequence mm-hmm. of the movie there are several very good ones and entertaining ones but that might be that most wheels off fun kind of jaunt of the movie if you will yeah. um kind of like the, multiple kinds of animation blended together beautifully too. yeah 2d like, that was and 3d a stunning and all sequence yeah oh it's very well done it's reminiscent of the um scene in the little mermaid i guess the uh, under the sea sequence or um kind of sebastian's song and dance sequence in that but Ken, I thought you keep triggering my PTSD, man. My first grade, <laughs> like all these memories. Yeah, yeah. you keep. Yeah. Ah, oh, I mean, this movie. When you think about it, it's just every <sighs> Disney movie. You know, it's like we're gonna take all the the best and worst and then combine them all. Um, I think um, Mulan is a kind of a combination of Mulan and Merida from Brave, kind of the female heroine, the non-typical right. uh, Disney heroine. And Mulan, in terms of being based on an actual culture and cultural history and all that, and Merida, in terms of being the out of the box Disney princess, like breaking free from the restraints of society and uh, and what her parents want her to do and all that, 
And I also respected the fact that Moana was didn't look like a typical Disney, like Anna and Elsa, you know, it wasn't the typical, right. like gorgeous Barbie doll look. I mean, she looked like a, you know, girl who a had teenager. grown up on the, on the beach and had, you know, done athletics and, you know, uh, and, you know, lived outside and walked around barefoot. I love the barefoot thing too. She didn't wear the slippers and the whole Disney princess thing too. Like, like, nope, just make her barefoot. That's cool. You know? I like that too. That's another cool thing that they decided to do with this. But um, yeah, I appreciated that. Uh, they they've kind of broken the mold of every Disney princess needs to look like, uh, you know, Ariel and Jasmine, you know, and and Belle and everything. So mm. that, that I love that style of animation, and I kind of wish they would go back to that, the two D style, and that they used to have. Yeah, I, I kind of I kind of wish they would still make traditional two D movies. Um, cause I think there's still value in them and I love the style and I, you know, they do them in Japan still very well, but, uh, yeah. but with Maziaki and, and spirited away and that whole studio or the Ghibli people, um, but it, when you have something that works as well as this, it's hard to complain. Like as far as the animation goes, how do we think the songs came together though? Um, did they live up to your expectation, Richard, as far as what we knew, what we were going to get from Miranda? Uh, yeah. I mean, I know he only did a few, I mean, it's kind of a few different composers on the movie, so they're not, uh, they're all, I think all the songs are really great, but I think, uh, they're, they're not, uh, like, uh, there's not a set style to any of them, mm-hmm. but you can certainly tell his style, um, in them. And I think that was like the main selling point to me on the movie though, because, uh, I think he's a really fun songwriter. Yeah. And, uh. And obviously, and understatement of the year. But uh, <laughs> pretty hot sports opinion, dude. Back off. Boycott Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. Watch yeah. out there, Greeny. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's in a 50 uh, five way tie for best uh, Broadway <laughs> lyrics. Yeah. Mike Gold and I d- agreed. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, he's in. So I, that's the thing. And then the movie, the more I saw it in trailers, I was like, oh, the movie's going to be really cool, too. Uh, but. Yeah, he's doing stuff on the uh, on something else in Disney. Disney's now in the Lin Manuel business, and I think that's that's awesome. Mary Poppins, he's in. That's right, he's doing, but he's Live in action. it as well. It's Emily he's Blunt it, yeah. and him. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be so awesome. Yeah, so you got here we come. I believe. Yeah, yeah, get that he got Lin Manuel. Oh man, he's too totally. He's too. He's got to be too. He's got to be halfway there, right? Because I'm sure no, they. No, have he's, those... he just needs the Oscar. Oh, that's it. He got the Emmy too. I think so. Yeah. There we go. Yep. It could happen. It will happen. Probably he'll he'll he might win for best song this year. No joke. Yeah, best yeah. original song. Oh, that's true. Get that he got. He he's like he's the uh, WTF with him a couple weeks ago. Is he's such a pleasant and lovely human. So oh yeah, could do a better person. I I saw like a I don't know somebody unearthed like a Reddit AMA he did like maybe six years ago or something yeah and some, during in the heights or something and so, yeah somebody asked him hey what about that uh rap rock broadway musical based on alexander hamilton is that ever gonna happen and he's <laughs> like and he's like yeah you know it's still in development and all this and and he's just talking about how awesome it's gonna be and everything and everyone's just like yeah whatever it's like the biggest <laughs> thing of all time now you know <laughs> Like how's that rap? Trump rock, says uh... it's. Trump says he heard it's overrated. It's overrated. <laughs> Not good. Very rude. 
It, I <laughs> couldn't wish even it memorize their rock. lines. I, I'm pretty sure they memorize their lines, Donald. I don't know about that. It's like, <laughs> one thing they, you really uh, can't say. I, you said rap rock, and it kind of is definitely more hip hop based. But it, it it makes me think like I wish someone, <laughs> I wish someone would do like a like Limp Biscuit style rap rock musical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a new metal, a new metal musical about like uh, you know General Lafayette or something. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. I don't know <laughs> how you could work Teddy in musical, yeah that to uh... <laughs> right. It's really weird when Teddy discovers chocolate starfish though. Like that's an odd <laughs> revisionist history. So speaking of the crab Tomatoa, which is where we left off, that kind of musical sequence. Um, the the sequence is called Shiny, the song is, that uh, he sings. But um, that reminded me, or the character did, of Smog at all? No? Sure, yeah. yeah. In the term, oh, yeah, yeah. With, with all the treasure and everything, and how uh, they, I guess it's, um, I guess it's Moana, who doesn't discover him until she's kind of walking on him, and then he, like, moves and everything, kind of how Bilbo discovers him in... Um, in the Hobbit, I guess it was, and it kind of the collector as well from Marvel, and a character that right, kind of right. collects everything that they've kind of come across over right. the times. So I thought the character design and stuff was really creative with Tamatoa. I'm sure the the Easter eggs are a plenty on the uh, in terms of the stuff that they crammed onto the how many Pixar references there are on like the crab, you know, on like the, all the little trinkets on the crab in the movie. So, uh, as far as the Kakamora, the actual little like things that were chasing um, Moana and the Mad Max sequence, they actually <laughs> did uh, try to pay tribute to Mad Max Fury Road in that sequence. That's that's a fact. The director said that um, they George Miller, they they're friends with them or something like that. None, none of them were on fire playing the guitar, of, so I don't no, really care. I know. I, really missed, I, I missed, missed that too. There. I love mm. that. You know that. I love Is that. Is it even part. a good movie if it doesn't have that? I don't I don't know. <laughs> it makes it a great movie if it does. <laughs> it was a good movie already, made it a great one. And um I would have liked that. But um in terms of that sequence, not only the Mad Max thing, but there's actual um one of the one of the um I I don't know what they're they're not minions or anything like that. There's there's no name there's no name <laughs> for them. Hardest to separate Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Besides their technical term, I don't know what you call them. Uh, one of them's called. One of them's painted like Baymax from Big Hero Six. I don't know if you caught that. Oh, um, that's cool. But that's a uh, an Easter egg in that part. Um, the water tentacle at the beginning when Moana's little and um, she's kind of um, playing in the water and it like uh, twists her hair around and and she's kind of like uh, realizing her fate for the first time as a kid. That uh, the abyss, anybody? Did yeah. you remind you yeah, of that, that was, at all? <laughs> yeah, like a time. little weird kind of jarring reference in the middle of a Disney movie um, mm-hmm. for the abyss, and and I guess that would be a reference because that was one of the first, if not the first, big CGI um, effect, maybe, or like one of the big first big things ILM ever did was mm-hmm. that effect for the abyss so um maybe that's why they did that because look how far we've come guys with computer animation um that's cool and one more easter egg i wanted to point out before we wrap our thoughts up on moana is actually two one the grandma character 
And I just wanted to point out also that the family aspect of this was like very wholesome. Like you normally don't get that in Disney movies. It's normally like my parents are divorced and my father (laughs) has been kidnapped by a beast, you know, kind of a thing. Died and, <laughs> and uh, or right. they they just yeah. don't have parents and it's never explained or my stepmother's like trying to kill me yeah or my my <laughs> my, my, mo- my mom's a deer and she got shot in the face <laughs> or something like, like that like one minute in the movie yeah, yeah. or yeah, yeah. Or, or we're really old and we and uh, I'm living with these seven tiny weirdos and, yeah <laughs> okay so I again I noticed that there was kind of a wholesome family story which is refreshing to see. Uh, also, the grandma character reminded me of the grandma character in like what Pocahontas with the tree lady. You know, they remind oh, you yeah, of that I at all? I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's uh, there's another kind of poke by like, Pocahontas. You never think about that one in the Disney. No, not really. Uh, but I there's some memorable. Can you paint with all the colors of the wind? <laughs> some some memorable sequences in that um, uh, in Pocahontas, but. That's all, all the Easter eggs that I had there um, in terms of that goes. But um, actually, the little chicken character was supposed to be like a serious character at first. But it didn't work. Like It was supposed to be the Jiminy Cricket or the Sebastian character, <laughs> like the Guidance character. But um, they said Moana had to yell at it too much, like in the script. And then, so it made Moana dislikable or um, unlikable, and so they made the character mentally disabled, and so (laughs) and so they just made it. They made it have comic relief, made it the comic relief, and they made it like that's the reason she gets into some bad situations is because of the stupid chicken, and and I guess John Lasseter gave them an ultimatum, and he's like, you have. 24 hours to think of what to do with this chicken or it's out of the movie, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> they were going to cut it completely. So they, what they came up with was to make it mentally disabled. And so they said they celebrated by everyone got chicken. Like they got a ton of KFC and like brought it up and they all <laughs> ate it to celebrate. <laughs> and so the joke in the movie that they snuck in or put in was when Moana is eating the sandwich or, and the pig comes up and she's like, you can't eat this. This is pork or whatever. Uh, a pork sandwich so like I think that was more of the um, reference there and there's also a reference I think in Lilo and Stitch where they're eating fish and they can't <laughs> they can't uh, do the fish yeah tuna because they're a fish so a lot of easter eggs here and a lot of references and a lot of Disney stuff but I thought um, in terms of the musical numbers and everything it was up to the par I mean it's not as memorable as say like a Lion King was the first time around. Um, right, right. But it's definitely like stuff I want to revisit. Uh, the one, the songs that I do remember is How Far I'll Go, which is Moana's like main theme. And that's really, really good. The several times that that comes up throughout the movie. Uh, we Know the Way is another one that comes up. And the the actual actress that they got, Auli Caravalho, she was incredible. I mean, her her, yeah. her voice work and her, singing was great and apparently she was the last person they auditioned they auditioned everybody you know that would all polynesian actresses that would and she auditioned and got it and was great um i also liked how they based the character of maui's looks on the rock in his terms of his face and 
how he acted and everything. And um, I guess they took Troy Polamalu's hair and just threw it on Maui. By the way, Troy Polamalu in the movie. He's, yeah, he's one of the villagers. Yeah. <laughs> no joke. They were being literal when I think they were literal when they said he's inspired by Troy Polamalu. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the hair, it's supposed to be bald, and then they said that that would have been pretty offensive to have Maui bald. So yeah. they, they took the most recognizable Polynesian hair they could find. Yeah. Oh, it, it looks great. I mean, the animation of the hair alone, like, um, it's so hard to do, and, and they've done so so well with it over the years. Um, it's great. So that's kind of all I have on this. Um, there's a lot to talk about plot wise in terms of what. Moana does, but I don't want to spoil a lot of it because um, I want people to go see this movie. Um, and she fights like a volcano monster and things like that that are fun. And I don't want to talk more about it because um, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here. But um, anything else, Ariel, on this movie that I haven't touched on that you want to touch on before we hit grades? Just the uh, yeah, sure. Um, first of all, it's Alihi. Alihi. Uh, Carvalho. Ali. So, <laughs> Ali. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you said. Um, I think uh, Lin Manuel Lin lyrics are, are really they really shine. I think in this movie, uh, kind of yeah. alluding to what Richard was saying, especially in um, in Maui's song, um, that kind of that that quick spit, quick wit. Uh, those rhymes are, are really him. Um, fun fact: the the singing voice for the dad. Is uh is is Christopher Jackson? He plays George Washington in Hamilton. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I awesome. I didn't you know, know. I, yeah. Um, I didn't know until after the movie either. I didn't know it was Jermaine Clement either. That was that was a fun little mm. uh, reveal. Um, I, Johnny, <laughs> uh, in New Zealand where, where we invented rap. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jermaine present. Yeah. <laughs> Brett present. Uh, <laughs> Murray, president. Um, I really like. I think that the stuff with Maui at the end, uh, without giving it away, when he, when he does his haka at the end, um, mm-hmm. like I, Brian, were you crying? Let's be real. Like, were you oh crying, yeah, Brian? dude, I was crying this whole freaking movie. Are you kidding me? Like, all <laughs> anything that's like, hey, I, I don't know, like anything that's like child and dad related, I just immediately start bawling. I'm the biggest <laughs> wuss in the world when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. Um. Some people, uh, I think myself included, were pretty critical over Maui's, um, his body type. Uh, I, I know you see a lot of like NFL players kind of with that, you know, that physique, but, but Maui is, should be traditionally more like, like Hercules. Um, he should be more like what the rock looks like in actual real life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a lot of people felt if you look at his features, especially, I wrote this in an article. Um, if you look at Maui and you, and, and you go back and watch Beauty and the Beast, who does he look like? LeFou? Or Gaston, and he looks yeah. like LeFou. He's got the the piggy nose. He's got the round cheeks, um, and that's kind of an issue because you know why, why can't we have traditionally you know masculine Asian and Islander men? Like you know, mm-hmm. we have The Rock, who's the sexiest man alive. You know, it's confirmed this year um, by us, not, by not us. anything. Like... Um, I mean, they they just they finally caught up. I mean, on our train, so this is what it was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the movie is. Like I've been listening to the soundtrack pretty much nonstop since I watched the movie on Saturday uh, or Friday or whatever. It's it it really like it, it doesn't the the songs don't stick with you because half of the half of the songs are in are in pidgin are in Hawaiian or or whatever language they're they're singing in. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you get down to it, it is it's the composition is so good. 
right? I mean, I, I wouldn't compare it to The Lion King because I think The Lion King is the best Disney movie with the best songs. Yeah. But like I said, besides that, and and maybe what Aladdin, I think this this is this is up there, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of Little Mermaid, but that is just bias. I, I hate that movie. It ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> it ruined my life from the ages of, of five to fifteen. So, um, but like Aladdin, Hercules, Mulan, um, this I think the music stacks up. Uh, it, it's if you if you want to go back and watch these listeners and and you guys take a, watch Mulan, watch um watch Moana and then kind of compare how they handle families to things like Cinderella or, or, or even, um, or even brave or, the, or especially the little mermaid and kind of the, the differences between what, you know, an Asian and a Polynesian family, you know, family priorities are, especially mm-hmm. with the children compared to, to, to Western Westerners. It's fascinating. And it's something I've noticed in real life and they've reflected that in their movies. Uh, yeah. So that's a good point. Thing there. By the way, uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, keep going. Sorry. No, I, I, I run it out of things to say. That was that was an excellent point. I appreciate you bringing that to the table before we before we ended up here. By the way, um, this is the first year, 2016, the first year that they've that Disney has released two movies in the same year since 2002, and they released Treasure Planet and Lilo and Stitch that year. Mm. Both movies that, gems. that had to do with these types of cultures. It's just interesting and weird that that happened as well. Oh, underrated. yeah. Huh? Treasure Planet is underrated, I do think. Yeah. That, that one you don't hear about much in the Disney or at all, actually. That one right, and Tarzan right. are the ones that seem to get left out the most, right? I don't know, man. Phil Collins is pretty up there on my uh, personal list yeah, of heroes. So. Yeah. <laughs> Pre or post Genesis? I don't know. All right. I'm a Genesis guy. Anything after that? No. Um, face value. I only know piece him of crap. Um, all right, all right. Let's um, let's move on. Let's hit grades. Uh, give me, give this an A plus. Uh, this was flawless. You know, his masterpiece level work by Disney here. It's instant classic. We'll we'll hear about this one or see it the rest of our lives. I have a feeling. So, mm-hmm. thanks. And not as much as Frozen, hopefully, but I think a lot. <laughs> I think Frozen has music's better. You know, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. I, I just don't think it has that like kitty kitty feel that frozen had and thankfully yeah yeah this is it's definitely more of one that's like it's i think this one is kind of geared towards kids are going to love it but parents are going to be really happy to rewatch it like speaking as a parent there's so many movies that are fine that i enjoyed the first time but when my kid wants to watch it again i'm just like oh seriously we gotta watch freaking cars again or something like that like it's just it's a whip this is going to be one that you're like, are you sure you don't want to watch Moana? Because that, that was pretty good. I could, you know, I could use a good cry. That'd be awesome, you know. <laughs> right. So what are you going to give it, Brian? Oh, uh, yeah, it's an A-plus for me, too. This is a top five of the year. He's easy. I mean, yeah. not, that's, not a, that's not some sort of hot opinion. It's, Ariel. it's really, really good. I'm going A-plus as well. This is the, my second favorite movie of the year. Ricardo. I would go A plus, but again, not enough white people. So I'm going to go down to no. I'm going to go A plus as well. Um, where do we? Uh, this might be a serious question, or maybe not. Um, best picture nominee, Moana. It's always hard for animated to crack that that yeah. seal. 
Um, but this is a crap that. year. Like this is a bad year for 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 good movies. Really high quality good movies. Mm-hmm. So it's got a it's got a chance. I can't remember. Did Toy Story two Toy Story three? Did it get? Yes, it did. A nomination. Okay. Yeah, it did. Nomination. That's the last broke, one I can remember. Broke yes. the seal. Ceiling, yeah. Okay, if that can get a nomination, I think this can get a nomination. It won't win, yeah. but because Toy Story sucks, so I agree. I, I agree. <laughs> Coming to fight you. <laughs> I hope it does. I hope this gets one. It's definitely in the top five as far as good yeah. movies of the year. Um, right. Yeah. I, man, I want to see a see. I mean, I, I mean, if it would be cool. I mean, one of them's a given, but it would be cool to have an animated movie. Moana and uh, a sequel. Now you see me too. Both get nominated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and a comedy. The Brothers Grimsby uh, is underrated. Yeah, has yeah. a really outside shot. Yeah, a dark horse, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Johnny no. Depp for a uh, best supporting actor. So. <laughs> right, of course. For his Givenchy commercials, I agree. <laughs> Gosh. Surprised he didn't show up in this, to be honest. He's showing up in everything else this year. <laughs> it's not Maui. It's not allowed to wear not allowed to wear uh, white face paint in this movie. So I like the character, but do you have a white pen you could put on the face? Yeah. <laughs> I'm what watching is too warm for a scarf. I'm watching Fantastic Beasts when suddenly Johnny Depp. <laughs> I'm not making that. Up. Yeah. All right, Johnny, uh... they don't have scarves in Oceana. <laughs> Maybe not in your Oceana. <laughs> I mean, if he could pull off a, a, a Comanche Native American. <laughs> he just put the crap Pulling on his off, head. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Gosh, Lone Ranger, what a gem. <laughs> Disney's, Disney's super. Yeah, the Dude, same that studio that so made lost. that made this. Yeah. How funny is that? <laughs> Yo, anytime you got Johnny Depp mm. talk. Have me on. I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> Gosh. 100%. You're welcome. He needs to start narrating audiobooks. I think that'd be his next good move because he's such a mumbler. I think be... <laughs> he's got to fight Eddie Redmayne for that, though. That's true. But the Edward Herman's dead now, so the, the, the <laughs> corner is open. <laughs> let's, hit a re- let's hit a recommend, guys. Weekly recommends. What you got, Richard? I can go first if I need yeah. to, yeah. Y'all know I'd be up to my knees in Gilmore Girls right now. Gosh. Oh, we know you are. <laughs> I knew Gilmore. that was going to be it. Yeah, my whole crew's back. Luke, my man. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to recommend Gilmore Girls a year in the life. Just because, just to, just to spite all of you. How far? How far are you in? Did you finish I, it? No, I actually just started it. <clears throat> excuse me today. Uh, then I'm. Uh, I I uh, I would say I'm. I've watched all of winter, and I'm I'm halfway through spring. Mm. Wow. Have you seen it all yet? <laughs> no. No, I have no. not. No, no, I have not. Sorry. <laughs> I watched 20 minutes of it with my my girlfriend, and uh, I had to leave the room. And you broke up, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> funny. I, I'm I'm on your side, Richard. I like the show. Uh, I just happen. My wife is like the only woman of that age uh, who didn't care about or didn't appreciate Gilmore Girls. So like, she's right now in the middle of season probably three for the first time. Like, she's never been able to to fight through it. She just doesn't care for it. So I don't have a good excuse to have watched it. So 
I think I, I've liked every, you know, 10 minute shot I've seen here and there. So I'm, I'm probably more on your side than these, than these guys are. I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed. A ride for Gilmore girls, a ride for Rory. It's my, it's my back cat says. <laughs> so they brought it. Right so they brought it back. It's back. It's back on Netflix. Like they're going to make another season after this. No, it looks like this will be it, I think. But it's four. It, it's the Sherlock treatment. It's four one hour, an hour, about four ninety minute episodes. Just like we, just like you want. It's like I prefer my Gilmore Girls. Each one is a season. Four ninety minute spouts. Winter, spring, summer, and fall, and you get to follow innovative Lorelai, Rory, and Emily throughout uh, throughout their year. A year in the and life Edward of Herman, the Gilmore Girls. mentioned, Edward Herman is no longer with them. They can call it a part. year in the life of the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> right? They could. They could. They could. That could they be almost the title. did. They almost did. All right. I'm going to recommend something on Netflix as well. Uh, I made my list in 2014 as one of my top films of the year. And so luckily, if you haven't seen it yet, you can for free if you're a Netflix subscriber, which 90% of the people that listen to this show are. I can guarantee that. Boyhood. On Netflix. Oh, yeah. Uh, it might be time to revisit this one. It's been almost three yeah. years. And uh, it's, it's not one that you want to watch every weekend, but it's one that's um, definitely worth revisiting if you are up for it. It's a three-hour one, but it's, uh, it's a good one. Was this it three is, hours? Wow. Jeez, three hours. Pretty this much. is an unpop- unpopular opinion here. I've never seen it, and I have no plans to ever see it in my whole life. Wow. You don't like Linklater? Uh, it's just when I, when I heard what it was about, and then it was like three hours long, I was like, nope. I got too much. 165 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you could watch it in 10, 30-minute segments. You could basically <laughs> live a year of this kid's life every day yeah. for two weeks. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I mean, I'll I'll go rewatch Pacific Rim or Mad Max or something. Yeah, now you're talking my language. <laughs> I love that you're the only person who likes Pac Rim maybe more than I do. Oh, I definitely like it more than you do. Yeah. It's my favorite movie. It's my number one. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for, uh, what is it? Uh, Maelstrom? Ma- yeah. With John Boyega. I'm on board. John Boyega plays, I guess, Idris Elba's son in, yeah. in Pac Rim, too. So that's the connection there. So, wow. Could be cool. Could be awesome. I want more <laughs> kaiju, though. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. We need more fight. We need more monster fighting. I like the. I like the. Uh, I like the Jaegers and I like the robots, but I want more monsters. I like the monsters in Pac Rim. But Boyhood's nothing like Pac Rim. So if you're expecting that, <laughs> don't watch Boyhood. You will be disappointed. Yeah. yeah. Boyhood is um, as calm as it gets, but worth your time if you can check it out. So Netflix yeah, that. Not my thing, but yeah, for sure. Netflix that for sure. Okay, what do you got though, Ariel? Uh, I have a, a YouTube channel, uh, specifically uh, a specific, or rather a specific video from that channel. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but Jackie Chan won an honor, honorary Oscar mm-hmm. uh, this year after like 56 years or something like that. And and some people out there might think, well, Jackie Chan, what did he ever do, right? Um, 
besides making great films for 50 years. And, and this video by it's called the, the channel is called every frame of painting. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys have recommended it before, uh, but he's a professional editor that makes these, these videos and he breaks down film and he shows you why Jackie Chan is actually a master filmmaker at what he does and how, how he blends the action. And I've the seen comedy. that when it's action comedy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's so good. It, it just opens your mind. And as someone who who's watched, you know, dozens and dozens of Jackie Chan films, it's something I never realized. You know, one of the cool things is like uh, they mentioned is that Jackie Chan likes to make everything perfect. And when he makes an American movie, they don't let him do that. You know, everything's about money, getting a shot on time. But when he goes back to China, he's the most loved man in the country. So, he, you know, hey, this takes 126 takes. All right. We, you know, you're Jackie. You got it. Um, but check everything out there they they do things like um like why marvel doesn't have uh good theme songs, memorable yeah. tours yeah, yeah. Uh, some like steven spielberg how he he has these long takes they don't seem like long takes um they do one on david fincher and, and you know all these really great videos and it opens my mind to to film in ways i never thought i would uh i would see it there's one he did that was um about the Coen Brothers uh, style, oh, that was yeah. really good. There was one that he did that was about chairs in movies and how like how uh, set designers pick certain chairs for certain scenes is really interesting. You know, like you wouldn't think that that would ever make a difference, but like what a chair says about somebody's personality like makes a total difference. You know, um, really good. And he did a Buster Keaton one that I liked. Um, yeah, that was. Good I, too. I've actually seen a lot of these videos that because. Um, he, Buster Keaton may be the greatest actor ever, but nobody, you know, our generation will never know because he was it was only in silent movies. But he does a really good video, just showing how f- great Buster Keaton was and some of the gags and stuff that he did and how ahead of his time it's how ahead of his time he was. So that's a good greatest actor, Jackie Chan, right? Um, greatest actor, yeah. I mean, Jackie Chan is totally worthy of an Oscar. I can't believe he hasn't had one yet, to be honest, or if he hasn't. That that's crazy. So, yeah. um, good recommend. That um, and Jackie Chan's movies too. Good recommend. Check those out. Um, it's always uh, we need to do some throwback Jackie Chan movies. That's what I'm saying. He needs Jackie Chan more. is my he's my ugly cry celebrity. If I met him, I would ugly cry. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Jackie! It's Jackie! Yeah, it's Jackie! <laughs> uh, Brian, what you got? I'm going to recommend a book. I think Richard may have recommended this earlier in the year, but I just got to it. It's called Your Favorite Band is Killing Me by Stephen Hyden. Uh, it's a – Stephen Hyden's a, a, oh, yeah. a pretty well-known uh, music critic. And uh, what this book is is basically every chapter he delves into a, a specific uh, band and or musician rivalry. So, like, there's a whole chapter on – uh oasis versus blur and a chapter on rolling stones versus beatles and a chapter on jack white versus black keys and so on down the list and uh it's a really a he's obviously a very good writer but b it's a it's a very cool medium in which to explore um a lot of different bands in in a, a fairly short period of time so like each chapter is probably i don't know like 30 or 40 pages long and so you're getting kind of a a crash course on the career of uh i don't know taylor swift versus the career of kanye west in this one period of time so it's really he's got a lot of interesting anecdotes and and different uh comparisons and analysis and stuff uh really good book uh the audio book is, is very good as well so i would i would definitely recommend that to any 
any fan of of uh, music, literature, or what have you. That sounds awesome. You would love it, Kent. You, yeah. you definitely need no, to. No, I definitely would love that. Um, what's it called? Your favorite band is Killing Me. Your favorite band by, uh, Stephen Hyde. is yeah. Killing Me. Got mm-hmm. it. Thank you, Brian. All right. Thank you, Ariel, for joining us tonight. You're welcome back Thank anytime. You, guys. you definitely offered a valuable perspective and insight to this conversation. And uh, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me at Ariel Dean Rada or my podcast at Geek 101 Podcast on Twitter. Boom. Subscribe. Do it. It's good stuff. Brian, where can we find you? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. The next, uh, I almost said episode, the next edition of that will come out next week. So you need to subscribe uh, and we will have some fun stuff for you. Richard, where can we find you? Ooh, there I am. You can find me on uh, the Twitter machine at uh, Richard Barton. Excuse me. Or you can find my writing on the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, like Brian said, out week. It, Next week, it will be holiday-themed, so you'll have a gift in your inbox. I know. That's why I get paid those <laughs> podcast bucks. Kent, Boom. I've been looking for you for years. Where can I find you? On Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find us online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and on the iTunes at Mad About Movies. Hit subscribe. Leave us five stars. That helps grow the show. Tell your friends. And uh, thank you for joining us this evening. And until next week, uh, I guess we will see you. Bye. At the cinema. Bye. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me die.